Welcome to Manageable Conversations, the podcast where we speak to leaders across industry sectors. In each episode, we discover their leadership style and its influences, how they stay sharp, and their tips for leaders to get the best from their teams. I'm Farley Thomas, the co-founder of Manageable. We hope this podcast inspires you to be a better leader by learning from others. Problem-solving partners is, I think, critical for any leader. I usually have a, a whiteboard behind me always because I like to draw a lot on the whiteboard and kind of, you know, take notes in the meetings and so on. And there's one text which is always written on the board and it says, what problem are we solving? Problem-solving partner, right? Because whoever is sitting opposite me is looking at that and that person is my problem-solving partner. We are there together. And I, I rely on people to do that and I encourage it. That's Peter Barron, CEO of TBI, the challenger bank operating across Europe. In this episode, Peter talks about not preparing for certain conversations so that he can be more authentic, seeing the teacher in everyone, algorithms that free him up to create value, protecting himself from digital noise, and seeking out problem-solving partners. Peter, welcome to this episode of Manageable Conversations. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'd love to find out more about you as a leader, your leadership style, if you like. As, as I told you, I didn't really prepare for this too much in advance. And actually, I, I purposely did not did not do that because conversation flows much, much better when you are coming um, to conversations like this unprepared. Of course, mm. not, not to every meeting, but uh, conversations like this because you're able to display your character in, in the most um, honest and transparent way. And if I have to talk about my uh, leadership style, I, I think that's, to be honest, exactly what I aspire to, to, uh, to be uh, as transparent and as honest with all parties with whom I am uh, interacting with. I find that it's a best way, a way I'd like to represent myself in uh, my personal life. And I believe that my uh, work and my leadership should be aligned to who I am as an individual. So transparency and honesty is very important to me in terms of building relationships with people. And I think that leadership is ultimately all about building those relationships. And they can only be built on, on those fundamentals. So all my life, uh, I've really tried to be uh, who I am naturally and to show, show to people my, my kind of real character and uh, my, my, my true values and try to align uh, the team uh, and the people with whom I uh, work and uh, try to achieve goals together to those characters that I strongly believe in. And what about the influences on you, Peter, that have shaped how you are? I think that we are all like sponges, right? Or at mm-hmm. least people who kind of try, you know, try to develop themselves constantly. I'm a strong believer in, in continuous development. I mean, even in, in our bank offices, you'll see everywhere big Kaizen science. And mm-hmm. that was one of the first things I learned uh, in business studies. But I, I see Kaizen as more than just a production process. I see it as a real personal development of yourself, which should be continuously and, and, and ongoing. And as part of that, uh, I, I see a teacher in every person that uh, I come in contact with. Frankly, I've been very lucky to be surrounded with people. People, but also uh, I have been always very active in um, educating myself and you know searching for these characters whether it's through reading uh, educating myself podcasts mm. uh, TV shows conferences meeting with people kind of leaders of, of, of industry and they don't need to be necessarily only from my particular industry right I think we can learn a lot of things from 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 all kind of people so um, yes to answer you in short absolutely 
and I hope that uh, I will continue on this path of a sponge of collecting these, ex- these experiences and developing myself uh, further and further through these interactions, um, mm. whatever they could be. I love that idea, Peter, of we should all be sponges. Staying with you, and I just wonder what you make of what seems like quite a challenging multi-country role where you do have to travel a lot. And, you know, how do you cope with the challenges, the stresses and the strains of both the setup, which involves a lot of travel, but also the job, which in itself is high pressure? Well, look, uh, probably it's a combination of three things. You need to have a system. I try to apply systems to everything that I do in life, uh, where they could be very small systems. And I think all of us apply, you know, basic systems like waking up in the morning and brushing our teeth, right, mm. or before bed. So I try to create a lot of these systems in, in the way I operate and where I kind of live my daily life and, 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 and a professional life, right? So I, I try to make it very efficient based on, on, on these certain small algorithms, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but they, they simplify for sure uh, life for me. Second thing is, of course, having uh, a... Um, a uh, strong team uh, of people whom mm-hmm. partially I can rely on, right? Whether they are, you know, working with me closely as um, executive assistants or my team members who are helping me to coordinate and prepare things and taking care of, you know, certain elements where I don't need to, I don't need to be involved as much in and so I can be more involved in certain strategic elements uh, of mm-hmm. work, but at the same time where I have always a capability of you know, deep diving kind of from helicopter view into into something that, that requires kind of really 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 detail detail approach and mm-hmm. uh, and the final thing i think it's uh, my natural drive that i'm again very lucky to have uh, mm-hmm. been gifted it and I, I i believe that everybody is you know at the end of the day is, is a combination of certain dna code mm-hmm. right uh, and uh, i think passion and drive uh, especially when you find something that you really love and enjoy doing in, mm. in your life is part of that uh, flow state of mind mm, you, you, mm. you probably know what, I, mm. what I'm talking about so that 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 definitely helps me as in the combination of these three factors being in a flow having a system and having uh, uh, you know, great people that kind of you, know, you bounce ideas off or help you operate the system um, allows me to be efficient because frankly amount of things that need to be done and amount of uh, uh, things that we're dealing with on a daily basis, simply just because of the way uh, data moves so much faster now, mm. things are happening so much faster, and it's very important to stay abreast and and, and to be able not to be the bottleneck in an organization where things get slowed down mm. because of you and you being kind of you know trying to pull everything into your into your direction. It has to be you know systems have to work for you mm. rather than you should be working for the systems, and they have to cause change as well. I mean, just think about it. We all know that, of course, email and internet overall have really spent up communications but then you got messengers on top of it and uh, the latest thing uh, coming was uh, zoom actually mm, right mm. because at least before you had some time between the meetings have a break whilst you're walking there mm. now you're just switching from call to call you know sometimes and uh, in parallel you're getting emails and then 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 messages and uh, you know you, you need to still remain remain efficient whilst really multitasking mm. right at, uh, at at scale right so so i think that's that's what all of us are facing and that speed of interaction is only increasing as data is becoming uh, much much more granular i think in, in in its delivery just just think about it i i believe i read it 10 years ago already that 300 years ago a person in all their lifetime would receive as much information uh, as we get on the, in the one additional financial times now we have not really kept up let's say of Evolving as as human beings, yes. right? In terms of the way we are able to process so much, uh, so so much information, and I think that's actually leading in many ways to the, the culture that we're seeing now in the West of the kind of overall the 
wokeness or let's say cancel culture because people are just struggling with so much data so they need simple decisions mm, simply, yeah yeah right so i'm trying to kind of protect myself from it as, as much as as one can because I, i think that it's coming to a point where people are really in a professional environment are finding very hard you know to have a work-life balance uh, and and to, to remain productive and really focused yes uh, so um, whether it will be regulation of uh, some sort or something but uh, i think sooner or later we're going to need it because there's just too much data you sparked my curiosity peter by this other expression that i haven't come across you you've developed algorithms you know you're applying systems to make yourself efficient and i'd, I'd love it if you could give a couple of examples because i guess that might well be a tip for others listening who might struggle to systematize certain elements and therefore perhaps suffer more stress or get less done. It'd be great to kind of bring that to life a bit if you're if you're willing. Sure, sure. Uh, first of all, if anybody's looking for tips, I would highly recommend for them to read the book called Atomic Habits mm. by James Clear. There are a few studies on that topic, but BJ Fogg is another very good one. Uh, he's um, head of um, Stanford Behavioral Sciences. So, one example for me as you right said i travel a lot uh, so um, it's for me in time where it's really whole whole dedicated to work right mm. and um, at the same time i'd like to keep myself quite fit but it's very difficult for me to to do that uh, when i when i travel so i i you know i've, I've noticed that i have a gym bag which is basically traveling from one hotel to a uh, room to another mm. but i don't end up um, opening up because i cannot fit in uh even going to the gym on, on whenever whenever i travel because my day starts at 8 in the morning with having breakfast with somebody and then finishes the after after dinner where i'll come back still to the room and i'll do do, do, do some emails and i thought okay what is the time when when i'm most uninterrupted to do to do a small workout and then that workout for me starts with the moment that i get out of bed mm. so the first thing i do is I'll, i will do i'm not showing off here i'll do 200 push-ups wow. right just to kind of just to wake up my body because i know that this is the time but i can plug it in as 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 something that that will work for me yes uh, anywhere i am doesn't mm. matter everywhere i get up everywhere you know i'll ha- I'll, i'll have I'll, i'll brush my teeth you know i'll wash my face but before that i'll get that workout because then i can create a system but next time was oh no you know it's, i'm too tired i i can do it no i wake up every morning i brush my teeth every morning right so i can plug that in mm. as, as 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 a system for me right mm. um so i find kind of little things like this yes. uh, very effective but again i have tons of things and i call them my little hacks that i've developed over time yes how i work with people with you know different functions with different roles how i manage my calendar how i manage my travel routine what do i do on travel routine all the way up to you know what i will eat for breakfast lunch and dinner when i'm traveling but ultimately those little hacks on mm. the way i do things they help me operate and they make just life easier for me and frees up space in my brain to think on things that kind of I really need to think in that moment mm. which I'm much more valuable work-wise than where I'll think you know how I'm going to come out from here what car I'm going to catch what time is my next meeting mm. when I'm going to eat in between that time right I mean all this makes me more effective some people listening might think oh no it it all seems too structured too rigid how do you combine mm. spontaneity creativity agility with this sort of algorithm based approach well look and and this is where i'm uh, i'm a combination of these two factors to 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 be honest i create those systems because they help me to be more effective mm-hmm. 
but they might come across, and I'm sure if somebody was listening the first part that uh, you know I, la- I run like a robot, <laughs> that's 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 really very far away from me, and and it's very far away from me because actually I'm very open to creativity mm-hmm. as as an individual, and I believe that creativity stems from personality mm-hmm. of uh, people. So I really try to surround myself with people who have that multifaceted personality and, and view on on life, and that leads to uh, actually giving them a lot of space to to do their own thing. And my role was always where I believe in organizations is to, um, of course, set out the agenda, you know, but at the same time to make sure to surround myself with people who are aligned to that thinking, mm-hmm. but who are looking for the freedom to express themselves. Uh, but uh, that's what, uh, you know, this finding these um, problem-solving partners is, I think, critical for any leader. I usually have a, a whiteboard behind me always because I like to draw a lot on the whiteboard and kind of, you know, take notes in the meetings and so on. And there's one text which is always written on the board and it says, what problem are we solving? Problem-solving partner, right? Because whoever is sitting opposite me is looking at that, and that person is my problem-solving partner. We are there together. And I, I rely on people to do that, and I encourage it. So, Peter, turning to the organization, what would you say about this transition from traditional or orthodox to new or challenger? Well, I think it's in our industry, it's specifically very important uh, because uh, I think the writing is really, truly on the wall. People, uh, customers, uh, that unfortunately or fortunately, you know, their view of way they want to be serviced and uh, what is acceptable to them uh, has, has significantly changed over uh, the last couple of decades uh, as um, social media has come into place, as uh, digital platforms have, uh, have come into place. Mm. Uh, and therefore, banking also um, needs to change. And the banking has always been quite a traditional type of business, and it's a lot about risk management and mm. kind of averting uh, what could happen. But uh, the challenge of uh, today's market and uh, what consumers and businesses are, are expecting from from the bank is much more of a partnership approach, which uh, needs to be done at scale through through technology. Rather than you know, if you had before your own banker, you could, mm. if you're a high net worth individual, so you or if you're a big business, uh, but even if you were a small one and you had a relationship in your branch, that relationship was there. So the face of a bank was friendlier. But then we went into this process of really kind of automating of the business, and it lost the face uh, to, mm-hmm. towards the customer. And then fintech reappeared with uh, merging already the communication of, of really digital businesses with products which were more designed to serve uh, customers to today needs. Maybe Maybe they were the same products, but more wrapped in a better UX, better customer experience, better support, uh, and just simply better communicated to the customer. And and uh, as we go through that, it's very important for uh, for banks to, to take on that challenge mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise they will be uncompetitive anymore. And mm-hmm. yeah, reg- reg- regulation always pr- kind of protects them still, but we see great examples where you can do that still with regulation. UK is a great example of that where a lot of fintechs were, were born taking on a completely different view of what is being customer-centric and mm. how should products be developed, how should customers be served, uh, treated, uh, uh, how they should be approached from, you know, looking really kind of much more holistically through, through a data lens mm. from it rather than just cutting off certain segments that, you know, banks cannot cannot serve and the way you call the call center and you're speaking to a robot, even if it's a human, unfortunately, they are just so scripted and cannot help you or solve your issues. So I think it's paramount for, for banks to transform if they are to stay competitive, finding their niche. And it's paramount target globally. It's completely regional. It's, it's really industry-specific. And there are industries which from time to time grow through a uh, major shift. And I think that uh, banking is going through that now, already for some time, but it will continue uh, in order for banks to, to, to con- continue keeping their 
relevance, mm, mm. frankly, to the customer. They, they, they must do it because otherwise platforms and uh, will, and anybody who has closer customer interaction will just embed the financial services into themselves. And I like to make a very simple example. Go out and speak to uh, anybody from the age of, I don't know, 15 to, uh, to 30 or even further. Uh, what are they going to care more about, uh, Nike or are they going to care more about bank institutions? Mm. Um, and, and that's why we need to make sure that overall as a business, our company, but not also our company, others in, in the industry get that and, and start setting themselves up internally in, mm. in order to really face that transformation, that challenge, which has already come. Yes. It's not coming. It's, it has mm. already come, right? Mm. It's, an, it's a matter of time. And it takes any transformation, changing a business, you know, it, it takes time. Yes. Especially if it's regulated business, um, mm. it takes um, it takes quite some time. Your organization, Peter, you're operating in multiple markets and um, you've got people in several of, of the markets you operate in, Greece, Bulgaria, Romania, and you're partly based here in London. How do you foster some kind of organization-wide culture if, if that is in fact something that you are trying to do? And I'd love your take on what you're trying to achieve and how. Well, it's not an if you you must do it, right? Uh, it's it's not just not, not an option because if you're trying to build a business, you're trying to do it together with people. Mm. It's especially in, in, in finance, because the way the banks are set up, it has to be always a, a team effort uh, in, in every business, but in banks in specific. So uh, people need to be aligned. And in, first of all, in order to align people, uh, of course, you need to share a vision and people need to, to be right people for the job. But you need to start with values mm. uh, and you need to share values together. And um, actually, it took us quite some time and, you know, to walk away from values which are written just on the wall mm. for, for a tick to mm. actually have values that we truly share as an organization, as a, as, a, as a senior team, and then to have those values to be actually, to see that we believe those values and we live by those values and we push those values through kind of in, in the decisions that we make. And once they see that, then they also start believing in those values. And our values, and to be honest, it took us a while to come up with them, but we believe that our values really represent us as people and they are brave, passionate, and caring. I don't know too many people who don't want to be brave, who, mm. don't, who don't want to be passionate, who, are not, who don't want to be caring, so, you know, we really gave birth to, to kind of finding those ones which define us as individuals mm -hmm. and as in kind of how we want to be making decisions as an organization. But it's also by ourselves whenever we need to make a decision, you you put it through the lens of those values. It makes it a lot easier. And then aligning people around, around that makes mm -hmm. makes things a lot um, a, a lot easier, to, to be honest. So I truly believe in, in, in having a right values set out in an organization for the decision making and for aligning the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, because always, you know, you cannot be in every meeting or in every in every room or in every email because hundreds, thousands uh, decisions get made per day. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, in order to uh, have this uniqueness of, of your team, which is the only way to be actually, you know, competitive and differentiated from somebody, you need to start from that. That's for me very, very important component. But then every day you need to prove that you live by those values, mm -hmm. right? And when people see that suddenly you're taking a decision outside of them, uh, then you're disrupting the overall uh, ethos of, 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 of your business, actually. And uh, and if team members do it and get away with it, mm -hmm. right, then maybe they're not right for the organization as well. And, and then it becomes very obvious to others as well because they're looking for those values as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that's fundamental component, but it's not the only one, of course. But on a high level, that it has to start there. Thanks, Peter. And maybe a, a final question, if I may. If you were put on the spot, as you are now, to think of a few high-impact tips for managers at any level, what sorts of things come to mind? 
Well, first of all, being consistent. I think that consistency is very important in being a leader, mm -hmm. right? People need to see that uh, you are you are you are taking decisions consistently, and you know, no, no, not kind of somebody who's jumping around the place because that doesn't generate trust. Mm. Um, second is gen do everything to generate trust for your team. Right. Um, third one is, of course, picking out uh, the people with whom you share general view on life and you need to work with people that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, you enjoy giving to them as much as you know. Right. And, and, and it's um, almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more you give to them, more they'll give back to you uh, in reality. And then you can give back more to them and, 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 and to others. I think that's very important. What else? Being, again, open to learning all the time. I think that's that's very important. We're living in a world which is... Uh, extremely dynamic and uh, new technologies are coming new approaches to the business are coming so you need to be constantly educating yourself in any way shape and form mm. I do that you know just kind of for me reading is a big thing but I've discovered uh, audiobooks and now it's again part of one of my hacks you know whenever I have free time I jump into a taxi I'm in a plane I'm an airport going through security I always have a book that I can listen to or, or podcast or whatever to catch up on what else these probably have, would, be, would be the key ones consistency building trust in a team mm -hmm. const, constantly learning uh, and and developing yourself I think really are the key components of, of a leader of course everybody's going to tell you you know lead by example example and and i think that's part of consistency to be honest yes right because people need to see that you, you actually do what you know what what you preach and i think that's been one of my uh one of my my traits because people really see that i'm i'm very open towards them and i try to be as open to and if i i see that i can't then probably it's not worth my time i try to avoid those situations where i'm having to deal with people where i cannot be open and transparent that's you know the, the best approach to me. So I, I really use it uh, in 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 all my life. I try to be honest and transparent with people, and and really pays back in spades. Very clear, Peter. And I wanted to thank you very much for joining me today. Well, finally, it's been uh, fantastic. And again, for me, it's a real honor to to, to be here and uh, and to have something something to share. Maybe somebody will find it useful. If you enjoyed this manageable conversation, search for manageable.works and discover how we help managers everywhere boost well-being and performance through a coaching style of leadership.